You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. Thank you, folks. I love you very much. It's a delight to be here as it is every week that I'm here. I know I miss a lot of Sundays, but you all understand. And I'll leave my best with you, my best half, my best two-thirds, actually, probably the truth. <laughs> We're going to Israel because my president wanted me to go. He said, I want you to go to Israel with us, even if we have to pay for everything. I said, now it's interesting. <laughs> so they're, so they're paying for everything, and we're going to go and have a great time. Looking forward to it. So don't feel sorry for us, for the, at least for the next two weeks. It's going to be good. We're looking forward to it. I, I think I think I'm going to learn a lot, uh, as I did when we went to Rome. We learned an, an enormous amount relating it to the scriptures, you know, as my specialty is Pauline literature and Rome is a great force to, to understand a great place and adds great force to your understanding of the prison epistles and to all of the epistles and for that matter. But then, uh, then Israel is going to help us understand the book of Acts more and the gospels more and, and all the Old Testament more. So we're looking forward to that. I hope to have it color my preaching some and help you help you not fall asleep every time I preach <laughs> now I, I I was telling somebody today I had a had an old elder years ago out in West Texas who uh, who slept through every sermon I preached his name was Truett I went out there a few months ago and performed a funeral for him send him off to glory wonderful man of God and I loved him dearly he was very close and dear to me but but he always slept through my preaching and I'm a fairly good preacher. I said, what does it take to keep you awake? He said, oh, don't worry about that, John. He said, all that, all that means, Pastor, is that uh, I trust you. Oh. <laughs> One Sunday he came along and he, stayed, and he stayed awake the whole time. He's sitting on the edge of his seat, amening me, pumping his fist. And he, oh, he really loved it. And, and after the message, he came up to me and he said, Pastor John, I have to say that was the best sermon I've ever heard you preach. I said, true, it's the only sermon you've ever heard me preach. You, <laughs> Slept through the rest of them. <laughs> well, anyway, maybe I can keep you awake better after we go to Israel. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. Hebrews 10, 14. Miss Whitney's going to have a little keeping up with me to do today. I've got a lot of scripture to share with you, but I want to start here. Hebrews 10, 14. It says, for every, for by one offering, I, I don't know where I got the word every, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now, Father, I thank you for the reading of the word, and I thank you for the power of this word. And I'm asking that you will grant to every hearer here today the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ, that we might understand our sainthood, what it, what it means to be saints, what it means to be saved, but what it means to be the holy ones in the earth. And I ask you to bless our time here together in Jesus' matchless name. Amen, amen. 
This really talks about what it means to be made holy. For, every, for, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. There's three things I want you to notice here in this passage of Scripture. First, the first one is perfection. The second one is permanence. And the third thought is process. Perfection, permanence, and process. The perfection is found in that he has by one offering perfected forever. Perfected, perfected forever them that are being sanctified. The forever part is the permanence part. Them that are being sanctified. The actual text says being sanctified. Those that are sanctified not as a past tense but as a process. Those that are being sanctified is what the verb actually says in the Greek. So he's talking about a process there. So perfection, permanence, and process. Now, Christianity goes goofy when people think you're only perfected at the end of the process. The process is not about your perfection. The process is not about your perfection. Not trying to get perfect by some process. That's pagan religion. That is unholy, ungodly thinking and pagan religion. Our process is born out of our perfection. Remember me telling you Christianity is not different from other religions. It's opposite other religions. It's completely opposite. It's not like them at all. All peoples are trying to get to God, trying to get to heaven. Ours is a story about a God who came to us and brought heaven to us. Praise God. Completely different story. Amen. Not trying to work for it. I'm believing in one who worked for it for me. Praise Jesus' name. If you haven't realized it yet, Christianity is not about you. Christianity is about Christ and all that He did. And our issue is not to perform for it, but to believe for it. Perfection. Let's talk about perfection for a minute. 1 Peter 1, 20, 23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Where does it abide? Out there? Or is it a seed in your heart? He's talking about the Word that's in you abides forever. You were born again, not of a corruptible seed. See, Christianity again is not about how you're performing, but it's about who you've become. You got a seed of the Word of God on the inside of you and created a new person. That's what the Bible means when it talks about the angel who came and said to Mary, You shall conceive in your womb and bear a son. And that Word went into her and created the Son of God from her flesh. Now, now I say created. He always existed. He always existed as the Word of God. But when it went into her, it created a fleshly body for Him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Something brand new that the world had never seen. That's what's happened on the inside of you. When the Word of God came into you, the Word of peace, the Gospel of peace, which is the Word of God, when that came into you, it created a whole new being. Verse, uh, John, 1 John 3, 9, 1 John 3, 9 says, Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. I don't know what church John was writing to, but I've been pastoring a long time, and I've never met a Christian that cannot commit sin. <laughs> I've never met one that cannot commit sin if I'm looking at the outside. Yeah, right. I've never met not even one, not even John, who wrote this. Amen. Who cannot commit sin that's saved? 
But he said, if you are, you cannot. It's got to be one way or the other. Or, 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 he's talking about on a different level. How many of you know you're not just one, one entity? You are spirit, soul, and body. And it's the only way to understand the entire Bible. Until you understand spirit, soul, and body, and your spirit that is born of God cannot sin. Amen. I didn't write the book. I'm just telling you what the book says. I didn't write it. I just found it. Praise God. He that is born of God cannot sin. Your body hadn't been born of God yet. You still wouldn't be losing your hair. No offense. I didn't mean that hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> Your body ha ha hasn't been born of God yet, or you wouldn't, you wouldn't make that noise when you try to stand up. <laughs> you know what noise I'm talking about? Everybody over 50 knows what I'm talking about. Mm. <laughs> Used to be so easy, just pop up. Yeah. You stood up as easy as you sat down. <laughs> Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Well, what's this talking about? It's talking about that perfection of the spirit man. That perfection in the inner man that God gave you as a gift. Because there was no other way for you to get it. Glory to God. Can I remind you that a rotten apple still has a good seed? Rotten apple still has a good seed. And it'll reproduce. And it won't reproduce rotten trees. It reproduces good trees. Come on, somebody. You understand what I'm saying? This is what perfect, the perfection is on the inside of you. May not be in that mirror, <laughs> may not be in the mirror, but it's in your heart. Well, I'm a pretty good guy. Yeah, you're a pretty good guy. There's no such thing as a pretty good guy. There's either the, the saved guy or the lost guy. It's clear, clear and distinct. It's not about performance. It's about what you believe. When the Titanic went down in 1912, they started sending word back in telegrams to New York and London. And they sent back a list. They wired a list. Just had two lists, actually. There were two lists. There was no list of how many rich, how many poor, how many black, how many white, how many brown, how many red, how many yellow. There was no list of any of that. No list of how many educated and how many ignorant. There were just two lists. How many saved? And how many lost? When it comes right down to it. That's really all that matters. That's all that matters in life. That's all that matters in everyday. In everyday living, that's all that matters in eternity. How many saved? And how many lost? And when he talks about perfection, he's not talking about a, 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 a good enough perfection to sort of get you there. No, 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 that won't work. Are you say, yeah, you, I can tell if a person saved by asking them, are you going to heaven? And they'll normally say, if they're not saved, they'll normally say, I hope so. They're going straight to hell. I'm telling you right now, they're going straight to hell. That hope is not. Because, well, they may just be ignorant, could, could be saved, but I, I don't take any chances on people like that. If they say, I hope so, I try to get them into the grace of God as quickly as I can. Because either they are saved and have been legalized, and ruined mentally, or they're not. Because when you're saved, somebody asks you, if somebody asks anybody in this room, are you saved? You're going to say, yes, I am. Are you going to heaven? Yes, I am. And that's the answer a Christian has, because we know. Because you know you're not getting there by how, how well you have performed. If you think you're getting there by how well you performed, it's always a flip of the coin. I hope so. 
This is not Christian doctrine. This is pagan doctrine. It's been in the world forever. 99% just won't do. It's got to be perfect or nothing. Let me tell you what you get if you get 99%. For 99%, you get no phone service for 15 minutes each day. For 99%, you get 1.7 million pieces of first-class mail lost each day. Every day, darling. <laughs> you get 35,000 newborn babies dropped by doctors and nurses each year. 99% accuracy. 99% accuracy, you get 200,000 people getting the wrong drug prescriptions each year, Greg. <laughs> He's not here to take this, is he? 99% you get unsafe drinking water three days a year. Yay! Which three? Which three? We don't know. Just 1% is going bad. 99% means 2 million people would die from food poisoning each year. Wow. If the food is 99% pure. Wow. God doesn't start with pretty close. He starts with perfection. How many of you figured out that good enough is really not good enough? Anytime you ask somebody to do something, ask your kids, did you clean your room? Oh, it's good enough. You know, Mom, that that room is filthy. <laughs> right? You know, it is filthy. There's clothes on the floor. The, I mean, it's just awful if he says it's good enough. Because that means not enough. Good enough means not enough. Perfection. He says, he has perfected forever them that are being sanctified. Forever. I love this forever thing. See, that, that perfection deals with your past as though it doesn't exist. Now, this forever thing deals with your future like it does exist. He's perfected forever. How long are you perfect? Forever. How long does this gift last? Forever. How long does this new condition you found in your heart last? Forever. Well, what if I don't act that well? What if, it, you know, you hear, you, I heard Brother Hagin say years ago, anybody ever hear of Kenneth E. Hagin? He was a great influence on my mind and Miss Ann's life, especially my wife. I was second in place until he went to heaven. <laughs> second place. <laughs> She thinks I had something to do with his passing, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Brother Hagin said, you know, I don't say that every person who commits suicide is going to hell. He said, his denomination did, the one he'd been, he'd been brought up. He said, I don't say that. He said, because I wouldn't send, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think somebody who commits suicide, uh, who has cancer and dies of cancer is going to hell, even though healing is theirs. Yeah. Somebody who's sick in the head Somebody who's sick in the head and commits suicide, you wouldn't say that they're going to hell just because they got sick in the head. You understand? I'm, I'm interested in, in how the grace of God manifests itself in all kinds of realms. Suicide's an awful way out. Think about your family and all that, you understand? But uh, people get sick in the head just like they do in their bodies. 
My question is about permanence. I uh, have known people who were Christians, loved the Lord, in their older years lost their minds. I have a friend right now that's dealing with that right now. He's not very old, but he's, he doesn't know who he is, doesn't know who his wife is. Strong man of God, strong Christian. He wasn't real strong in the message of faith. He should have been. He should have stayed strong in the message of faith, but he wasn't. But he loved the Lord. And now, just because he can't remember who he is or what, what his life is about, does that mean that what happened in him years and years ago as a teenage boy isn't real? Is it still there? No, it's still permanent. It's still there. Glory to God, because it's not, it wasn't put there by him, it's put there by God. And, 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 and Ecclesiastes 3.14 says, I know that what God does is forever. Yes. I know whatever God, I don't know how, if you, how you saved yourself, but I got saved by somebody who was bigger than me, and he did it, so it's permanent. Amen. I'm glad it doesn't depend on my memory. I heard about two couples, two older couples sitting around playing cards one day. And George said, man, I can't remember. What is this? Is this Canasta or Gin Rummy? I've forgotten what game we're playing. He said, it's Canasta, George. When are you going to do something about that memory of yours? Well, Ralph, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. He said, you ain't hurt my feelings, but when you, you need to do what I did. I went and took a course in memory. You, you, you use word association to try to remember. It's really helped my memory a lot, George. He said, well, that's great. What's the name of that course? He said, uh, the name of it is... Uh, is uh, uh, hang on, hang on, I get it. Uh, it's uh, what do you call those flowers that come in with long stems and, and come in dozens? Tell them a dozen. He said, Rose. He said, Oh, yeah, right. Rose, what's the name of that course I took? <laughs> Permanence. But what makes you feel impermanent, in, in, uh, 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 not so permanent, let me say it that way, is sometimes you turn your walk off and you turn it back on. You turn it off and turn it on. Turn it off and turn it on. And you have, you have all kinds of opportunities for turning that walk off. Not the life, but the walk. You remember what it says in Galatians chapter 5? If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Because the living is a permanent thing, but the walk is off and on. And your mind gets convinced that you're a part-time Christian. <laughs> yeah. And you know how that doesn't work. <laughs> part-time Christianity doesn't work. You've got to live this thing before the permanence of it has a reality and a real effect on you. You wouldn't marry somebody who, when the preacher said, do you promise to take her for your lawful wedded wife, forsaking all others and keep yourself only unto him so long as you both should live? Uh, only unto her? Yeah, am I talking, using the man or the woman? <laughs> and, the and, and the intended spouse says, yes, but you know I have a ma uh, an old boyfriend that I have a date with once a week. But all other times I'm yours, baby. You're not marrying her. Not that day. You're not marrying her because she's not committed. In your heart, she may be yours, but she's got to, she's got to turn on and turn off walk. See, it can't be part-time. I was thinking about my grandfather built a barn in Thackerville, Oklahoma. He built a barn. 
And I one day noticed that there was a light bulb way up in the point, way up in the, you know, the, right by the ridge pole, we call it, right up at the peak. And he left that bulb on night and day. One day I finally noticed that bulb was on. And I never paid any attention. I knew it was on all night. I never noticed it was on all day. Because, you know, the sun shining. Didn't, I never noticed it. It was just a kid. Till I grew up. And I went over to his house. I said, Grandpa, why don't you ever turn that bulb off? He said, well, I don't have that ladder anymore. <laughs> I said, what ladder? He said, that big long ladder that I had when I put that bulb in. He said, when I built that barn 20 years ago, he said, I screwed that light bulb in and just screwed it in hardwired. There's no, there's no way to turn it off from down, down on the ground. I said, you said 20 years ago? He said, yeah. I said, light bulbs don't last 20 years. He said, that one has. <laughs> he said, burning the light bulb doesn't wear it out. Turning it off and on wears it out. I hope I don't have to explain the message. <laughs> you want to be successful in this Christian walk? Stay on all the time. Just stay on all the time. Stay on all the time. Permanence. It's in you. It's in you to be that way. You have it already. You're born again of it, of permanent. Stay, stay hooked up like what's in your heart. You turn your heart off sometimes to, so you can use your head, though. I know how it works. The third thing is process. This is the one that makes us ouch. Because this deals with our present. The, 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 the perfection dealt with your past. The permanence deals with your future. The process deals with the here and now. The process. When I was a kid taking algebra, I hated algebra. I just hated it. And I was right. I told her I will never use this in my life. <laughs> I was right. Don't need algebra to, to say, I want four tacos instead of two. That's just pure addition and subtraction. <laughs> but my algebra teacher was not concerned that I could come up with the right answer, and I could come up with the right, right answer every time. I'm very logical. The answer is 35. That's the wrong answer, John. No, ma'am, that's the right answer. No, I got to see your work. I got to see the process. I got to see that you understand the process. Who cares if I get the answer right? Are you hearing me? Some things demand that you go through the process. I mean, if you want to run a race and you think the finish, it's all about the finish line, I've got news for you. You take off running, everybody run around the track. You just run a little circle. I'm here. Finish line's the starting line, right? I'm already back. I win. I'm at the finish line. No, 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 no. You got to go through the process. I don't know if y'all remember that, that boy, that Michael, uh, Michael, not Michael Jackson, Michael uh, from, from Baylor. That ran so fast. Michael Johnson, that was his name. I knew it was Jackson, Johnson, Jordan, something. <laughs> Michael Jackson wasn't him, was it? <laughs> One glove. 
Y'all know what Michael Jackson and the Texas Rangers have in common? They wear one glove for no apparent reason. Michael Johnson, speedster, fast, 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 ran like Jesse Owens, straight up, you know. He was an amazing fast runner. And uh, everybody knew he already held world records in all these races that he ran. And everybody knew who was going to win it, who was going to win the 200 meter and 400 meter. They all knew who was going to win it because he had the best time anybody, and he was blowing them away. He, he arrives at the Olympics, and the other guys are all, and they all know it. They're all running for second place. They could have just given him the gold medal because he, he just broke all the records. They could have just given him the gold medal and said, there you are, Michael. But they didn't, did they? They made him prove it. They made him go through the process. Uh, he had the perfection in him, but he had to show it. So you can go around town telling people that you're a Christian, but if you don't live it, they're not going to believe it. And it may be true. It may be true that you are. But why are we here if not to win them? Why are we here if not to win them? We are here to win them. We are here to influence them. Because winning them and influencing them helps them. And God Almighty is for into helping people. He's not into hurting people. He's not into damaging people. He's not into judging and beating people up. God is into helping people. He wants to help everybody you know. He wants to help everybody you know. And the best way he can help them is to introduce them to you. Well, I accidentally bumped into a guy. No, you didn't actually bump into anybody. That was a God coincidence. God puts people in your path for you to help. Amen. A race is not about the finish line. A race is about completing the course. Today I want you to remember how important it is to, to remember and to, to know that, that perfection is part of sainthood. It's the beginning of sainthood. And that it, permanence is part of the understanding that you must need, you must get, to know that you're part of a family. For you to represent Christ right, you'll only, you'll only represent Him right if you talk about a, perm, a permanent stance you have with Him based on familial connection, not just employer-employee connection. God has been so misrepresented by religious people through the years as though He's our slave owner and we're slaves, as though He's our employer and we're His employees, as though all kinds of lunatic, lunatic kind of analogies that we use when really we, we are sons, He is our Father. Yeah. We are children, He is our, our dad. Permanence. And then thirdly, process. Miss Ann said something earlier. She said, His mini-me is going to be here. He is. He is so much like me. He is my boy in every way, except he's thinner than me and has bigger muscles. He looks like what I always, I would say like I used to look, but he's what I always wanted to look like. <laughs> Truth be known. <laughs> that didn't happen because I forced him into it or because I coerced him into it or because I threatened him with hell. No, that happened because he got a seed. Amen. Amen. He's created by a seed.
and he couldn't help but look like me. Even when he was young and doing stupid things, stupid things. And I knew he was going to go do stupid things. I saw the girls. I know he was going to be stupid. <laughs> he played guitar, and he was good looking, and he was smart, and he had a great sense of humor. I knew what was going to happen to him. I, every time he'd go start to leave the house, I'd say, hold it. Remember who you are. Yes, sir, Dad. And he'd go out there and get in his car and immediately forget. <laughs> For a while. Did any, did any of you ever forget? Come on, let's be honest. But look where he is today because the permanence of the seed was in him. The permanence of the seed. And let me tell you something. All of my children... For those of you who don't, don't like this eternal security kind of teaching, you need to listen to me. All of my children their entire life have believed this. All three of them, my two daughters and my, my, my two sons and my daughter, I'm sorry. You don't go to hell for forgetting. <laughs> my two sons and my daughter have all always believed this message of the grace of God. I've never told them once that they're going to hell if they, if they sin. Never, ever did I ever teach my children that because I don't believe it's true. Amen. I've always taught them that they were in the grace of God, Amen. that they were eternally secure their entire life. You tell me it causes people to want to go sin. You just convince a holler of that when I raise three, three godly preachers. You tell me it doesn't work. I'll tell you, you're a fool. Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It works. I can show you a lot of people, though, who raise their kids under legalism that are wild as apes right now, acting like apes, living like apes, raised under the hard-handed lies of legalism. It doesn't make anybody holy. It doesn't make anybody holy. It doesn't make anybody live holy. You're not holy because you talk about a holy God. You become holy because you talk about a God that wants you in His family. You're faithful by love and love only. I'm not faithful to my wife because we've got a marriage license and I'm afraid she'll take half of what I have. <laughs> yeah, two-thirds or three-fourths of it probably. <laughs> sound, like, sound like experience talking back there. <laughs> I'm not, that's not why I'm faithful to her. I'm faithful to her because I love her. I can't get over her. I really like the way she kisses. <laughs> Yeah, I ain't dead yet. I'm an old preacher, but I still like to kiss. <laughs> Act like I got no fire in the furnace at all, the way y'all laughing at me. <laughs> all the young people over there going, la, 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 <laughs> la. <laughs> Amen. But you must go through the process. Perfection. Permanence. And process. Let's say it together. Perfection. Perfection. Permanence. Permanence. And process. process. Father, now thank you for your people. Thank you for this word today and thank you for those who received it. I bless them in Jesus' name with the power of the word of God to be all that they can be in their walk. Thank you that you made us all that we should be in our spirit, in the inner man. You made us alive unto God and we thank you, Lord, now. I thank you for these, your people. Permanence 
perfection and process, that the perfection dealt with our past, permanence deals with our future, and process deals with the present. As saints of God, I praise you for these that are here today. Help them to understand they are more than conquerors through Christ who loved them. With your heads bowed, my duty is as a, as a preacher to talk to those of you who are here today who may not be saved. There are the saved and there are the lost. And this church's invitation, and, and the greatest invitation any church can give anybody at any time, is the invitation to become part of the family of God, the invitation to become a Christian, the invitation to come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. And we rarely ever have a service where we don't do this because we honor our God who, who paid such a high price for our salvation. We want to make sure that everybody that, that visits us, everybody who becomes a part of us, is saved. It's the greatest invitation, the greatest thing that could ever happen. If you're here today and you say, Preacher, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, but I want to be. I'd like to know Jesus as my Savior. Would you lift your hand? I want to pray for you, wherever you are in this building. You don't have to be ashamed of anything. We were all in the same shoes. We were all in the same boat. We were all lost and needed God. And he, he, he had a moment in our lives where we had this, this to happen for us. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else here today say, that's me, that's me. I, I, need, I need you to pray for me. I want to be saved today. I'm not sure. God bless you. God bless you, sweet. God bless you. All right, let's, let's, let's pray together. I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. If you raised your hand today, pray this prayer by using your voice, okay? I want you to say it out loud and everybody say it out loud with them. Dear God in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I admit it. I need a Savior. But I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe He was buried. And I believe He rose again from the dead. I believe You did it all for me. Jesus, come into my life. Receive me as I receive you. I believe this word. I believe you're now in my life. I'm turning from the world, and I'm turning to you, Jesus. I believe in you. Hallelujah. I believe I will never be the same. Take me through the process that will show this life is real. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's rejoice for a little bit. Praise the name of the Lord.